So, life can be a little tough sometimes. Everyone needs help in life. What about you? Do you need help? You ever been sucker punched lately? I don't know, maybe knocked down, taking some hits in your marriage, your finances. Well, what about your job? It's time to get back up. Are you ready to fight back? Ready to start swinging at the enemy? Come on. Get back up. Well, last week, I was able to talk about that God is a good God. Love talking about the goodness of our God. Well, today, we're kind of continuing on, and it's what's next. And it's the recovery room. Maybe you've gone through something, and you're just like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And it's that recovery room that you're in now. Now, your notes today, there's not any fill-ins, but I really want you to write down some things, maybe some scriptures, or just some points that really, maybe by the, the Holy Spirit, just really makes shine out to you that you want to write down. Because at the end of this message, I want that to be your discharge papers. I want that to be your papers that help stand you on your feet, any notes that you've taken. Because we've all been hit in one way or another. Last week I talked about how we live in a broken, fallen world. And we can take hits in different realms of our life. And I do want you to jot this down. There's a graphic we're going to have talking about how you're a three-part being. That the real you, that's your, your spirit. That's, that's going to be the, the center circle. I want you to write that down in your, in your notes. And that's your spirit. And then you're also a soul. You also have a soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. So go ahead and jot this down. And then you live in a body. Everybody lives in a body, and you're a three-part being. Now, sometimes things happen. It could be in any one of these three realms that you feel like you've had an attack. And we're going to break each three of these realms down. And it's just like if you go see a doctor and they give you medicine and they give you ideas and, and direction, you're going to do it, right? Because I believe that everyone knows they've had far more schooling, uh, way beyond what we can imagine with educating on how to help heal the body. So we're going to do what they say. So today I want to you to look at, if you're in recovery right now, what steps it'll take ministering to all three of those areas of your body to get complete recovery. Now, I've had three surgeries. Once as a teenager, I talked last week about I had that motorcycle crash when I was racing dirt bikes and how I don't believe God caused it. It was just a weird, freakish thing that it just happened. And then there was a recovery process. Well, as an adult, I had two surgeries. The first one was uh, an emergency appendectomy. And I don't know what they did, I don't know what they gave me, I don't know if it's just my body reacted too much or if I had too much, I have no idea, but all I know is when I was coming out of uh, the anesthetic that I wasn't waking up. Uh, I remember kind of coming to in a fog, feel like I was getting my tail kicked. I mean, I'm like, I hear people yelling at me. I mean, the inside of my cheeks were raw. And I'm just like, what is happening? What, who did I take off? <laughs> but the real thing was, I wasn't waking up. And I'm so grateful that my wife, she had stepped out of the, 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 the waiting room for people that are in OR, and they went out to tell her, hey, your husband's not coming to like he should. And uh, she missed that little nasty gram. She missed that report, thank you, Jesus. Because she came back, she heard the upside of it as uh, so he's good now, but it wasn't so good a few minutes ago. 
So fast forward a couple years, I had to have another surgery. Not for that, but I had to have another surgery, and that was the foremost thing in my mind of, oh my goodness, they're gonna knock me out again. And I don't wanna go through that again. You know, I'm just natural. I'm like, I, I, I'm scared of this. So we told them, and they're like, okay, we'll take that into account. Thank you for telling us. And so I went into the sur surgery, and, and my wife, bless her, I mean, she knew I was stressed about this. And who's ever seen Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo, where the little, the, the, the dentist's niece had uh, Nemo in a little bag taking him home, and, and he was trying to play dead in the water because he's thinking maybe if she doesn't keep him because she was kind of mean to fish, that maybe he'd get flushed away and back out to sea and everything. And, well, anyway, in that movie, she's tapping on the, the side of the bag with the fish that he's just playing dead. He's like, Nemo. She's like, fishy, fishy, why are you sleeping? And he's just like, well, I woke up out of that recovery room in that recovery area to the most beautiful thing I can imagine. First of all is my wonderful wife, her smiling face. And you know what she's saying? Fishy, fishy, why are you sleeping? <laughs> I love her dearly. And I always, I say, God, I don't know where you found her, but thank you. And uh, I mean, I, I knew I was okay. She was being silly. I mean, I, I knew I had come through and everything was fine. Smooth sailing. And uh, I want to encourage you today that I feel like God is also with you wherever you're at in your recovery process. Whatever you've, you've gone through, I feel like your heavenly father is in your face saying, fishy, fishy, why are you sleeping? To get up, to get moving, to receive life again, to walk in victory, because that's what he really wants for you. Now, depending on what you've gone through, there's different protocols. If it was a very intense you know, major surgery, it's gonna take some time. I mean, it's gonna be like uh, ICU status. I mean, someone's gonna be watching your, your vitals and administering meds and really watching over you. Or maybe they're just trying to get you to a place where you can be in a regular room, where it's one step closer to recovery. Or maybe it's outpatient, and they're just trying to get you home. So no matter where you're at today, in this recovery process, it is a process. And I wanna give you some direction and how it could help through all three of these phases. I'm going to look at the first scripture in Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 and 13. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I mean, we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes, whether by our own choices or things that have been done to us or things that just happened, we've all found ourselves wanting recovery from something. And I want to talk about the greatest recovery book ever written. That's the Bible. And that's how he speaks to us. If you want to know his voice, read his word. If you want to know his voice, pray. Spend time in prayer. If you want to know his voice, spend time in worship. Really getting to know him. The cool thing about Jesus, when Jesus saw somebody, he knew in which area of these three realms they had taken a hit. They had landed him here. I mean, he could look at somebody and just simply say, be healed. Being that's just a physical, I mean, sickness. That was just something that was just, it was a cold, it was whatever. It was just needing healing. Or he might be able to say, come out of them, which could have been something spiritual of an evil attack and just say, mm, you're done with that person, move. Or your sins are forgiven you. He would say that too. Sometimes our bad choices could land us in a bad spot. 
And please hear me. We're not Jesus, and we need to be imitators of him, but I don't want you to be an imitator of him in that area because we, we're not God. We can't look at someone and go, well, brother, I think it's sin. No, <laughs> that's just gross. That's yuck, man. No way, don't do that to somebody. We can't possibly, it says we have to do what? Judge ourselves. We judge ourselves. Or be like, well, you know, it's just because of this or that, and we're not God. We can't do that. We are to examine ourselves. Let's first talk about the physical realm we live in. I mean, it could just be a part of this broken, fallen world. I mean, if you live next to a place that had a nuclear meltdown, you probably have a higher chance of contracting some terrible disease. I mean, if you live near a fault line, you could have an injury because you live next to an earthquake zone. I mean, it could just be a natural chain of events that you found yourself in this place of recovery, that you just need healing in your body. But what do we do when we find ourselves in that place, whether you know how you got there or not? We're going to tell you right here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. It says, Therefore, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. Having done all, stand firm. It means do everything you can. I mean, you do all three things that you can in all three realms. I mean, that means you pray. I mean, you bring it before God, you pray. Get other people around you to pray. When I had that blood clot in the lung that about took me out, I mean, I did all I could. I prayed. My wife prayed. Got people of prayer around me praying for healing because doctors pronouncing some really negative stuff that looked like may could happen. I'm like, no, we're just going to believe in faith that that's not going to happen. And we also took all the medicines that were being told to us. Take the, the prescription, take the medicine, do everything you can because, see, you also live in a body. You have to do something with this thing. You have to do something to your body to help get it along. So if you ever like, no, I believe the Lord said just, just trust him and don't take any of my meds. I don't, mm, be careful. <laughs> I think you should do what you have to do to help this body get better. I mean, I, if I have a headache, I'll take something for the headache and pray. I'll do both. I'll do all. I mean, I don't just go, all right, God, take it away or just take medicine. I do everything. But in that, do all to stand. I mean, do everything you possibly can to get well. And just don't go, well, I'm just going to pray about it. It's going to be okay. Do all things. And worship. Before you even see the answer, no matter how you got here, whatever you're going through, no matter how you got here, thank him for the escape, the way of healing and health. It, not that he put you there, but he has a way of victory for you. And sometimes it's by faith. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. God, do you see what they did to me? God, do you know what happened to me? Do you, do you have... Yes, he does. He saw it all. He sees it all. And the good news is, he's a good God. He's a good God and he's on your side. He wants to see you fully restored. We treat all three of these realms. Now you might say, well, but... I had a family member that was doing all three of those things and they didn't make it. It happens. And I don't know why. I do know that God is a good God. I know that we can trust Him. I don't know why some things happen. My grandma, 99 years old, full mind, talked to her all the time, and 
She always wanted to talk about her funeral and what that was going to look like. I'm like, Grandma, I don't want to talk about your funeral. That's just, I want to see you. I was like, Grandma, you're, you're 99. Come on, do you want, to make, you want to make it to 100, right? She's like, oh, heavens no. <laughs> she said, I just want to go home. <laughs> and her husband had died decades before, and she just wanted to go home. You know, it didn't mean anything to her to hit 100, and she didn't. And I ended up doing her funeral. But she just wanted to go home. Sometimes we don't know what someone's going through. Maybe they're tired of the fight. They're just like, I just want to go home. Or maybe like the Apostle Paul said, it's far better, because the Apostle Paul saw the other side. He saw heaven and goes, oh, it's far better. Maybe somebody that was right on the edge of that, of eternity, saw a glimpse of heaven, saw a glimpse of Jesus, saw a glimpse of maybe a family member that had gone before. And they just went, whoa, he was right, far better than Crossroad. We don't know. We don't know. We're not God. I've had people ask me some very difficult questions. And you know what's very freeing? I was able to respond with, you know, that's a very valid question. But I'm not God. I can never answer that question. I can't make up, I can't even begin to answer that question because their relationship between them and God is purely up to them. And it's up to God. It's not up to me to, to make answers for things I don't understand. I assume, I don't know. But I do know God's a good God. I know his word. I know his voice. I know his character. I know his covenant. I know those are unshakables. I know that our theology is not based on what we see, like I mentioned last week. What we see doesn't change what we know. It's truth. In Jeremiah 30 talk about needing to stand because we have good news it says i'll restore health to you and your wounds maybe you have wounds today that aren't so obvious maybe you don't have a cast maybe you don't have a brace but maybe you feel like you're laying here and you need jesus more than anything to help you because your wounds no one can see your wounds are here your wounds are here And it's just as real as any wound you could ever imagine, if not more, because it's right there in the front of your face and between your eyes. How many of you know that those emotional wounds are just, could be debilitating? I mean, to get up, it takes every bit of strength you have just to get up in the morning, because there it is, there it is, there it is. But he wants to help you. Maybe you feel like you've lost years. Maybe you feel like you've been knocked down from a sickness or an injury or a, or a condition that has knocked you down for years. Maybe you've had an emotional or just a heart pain that has lasted for years. I want to share a scripture that's encouraging. And it's Joel chapter 2, verse 25. I'll restore to you the years. Can you say years? Years that the swarming locust has eaten. The hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. He's saying, I could restore years to you. Because some of you are saying, yeah, that's right. I've lost some years and I'm ticked. I didn't want to lose years of my life to this. But it says, if a thief be found, he must restore sevenfold. So I'm in saying, if you got a year you lost, start claiming you got seven good ones coming. <laughs> start, start proclaiming and standing on that. You've got good years ahead. So you've been attacked in the physical realm, maybe. Just do all to stand. Do what you can to your body. 
Do the physical therapy. Now the second part of your, your being, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Maybe you've taken a hit there. Maybe you've made some choices that weren't so good choices. I mean, we've all made mistakes, right? Yes. We've all made mistakes. There's not a single one of us that hasn't messed up. And especially those that are uh, around other unbelievers. And someone says, oh man, you better not say that in front of that person because you know, they're, you know they're, you're a Christian. Or if they point out something you did wrong, you're like, hey, <laughs> the only person that was perfect was Jesus. Amen. And he was nailed to the cross. So I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to admit that. But the thing is, when we do something, there's consequences. There's straight up, even though, I mean, there's grace, there's healing, there's, he, he restores you. But it's kind of like, imagine having a, a hot stove right here. And for some reason, it seems so appealing. Maybe the glow of it, I don't know. <laughs> Bible even says that sin is fun for a season. I mean, you see something, it's like, oh man, that looks good. And I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't touch that hot stove. I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't. But, oh God, I'm so sorry that I did that. I am so sorry. And you know what? Forgiveness is already there. The grace is already there. He's already forgiven you. You don't have to earn it. What did you do to your hand? Wow, my fingertips are burnt though. I know I'm forgiven, but man, I got a wound now. This stinks. Maybe you're recovering from something that was straight up a bad choice. God's already forgiven you. That's, that's a done deal. And when we go on to Romans 8, 1, it says, now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Remember who you are and whose you are. You belong to him. He's, he's like up there as your heavenly father and you're like his favorite kid. I mean, you look at rules that you saw as a teenager, now as an adult, and you're like, I see why my mom and dad was trying to keep me from going down that road. Not because they were trying to wreck my fun. It's because they knew that was a bad ending. <laughs> they knew that was a bad direction. And just like our Heavenly Father, He loves you so much. He's like, hey, look. I mean, that path, there's a lot of problems on that path. Stay away from that path. What happens when we go down that path? He forgives us. He picks us up, dusts us off. He's like, oh, I love you. I forgive you. But maybe you have some wounds from it. Maybe you have some wounds, just like natural wounds, that are just still there plaguing and haven't gone away yet. It, the Apostle Paul put it so nice in Romans 7. It says, I have discovered this principle of life, that what I want to do right, inevitably I do what is wrong. It goes on to say it's like evil's ever present. Every time it's like New Year's resolutions. Like, I'm gonna do it different this year. I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna cut back. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna diet. I'm gonna do all these things. Oh, but I didn't know we we're going to that restaurant today. <laughs> well, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Or man, I I know I was going to start my exercise program today. I know I was going to. I was going to, but you know, I didn't plan on that phone call. And it just kind of messed me up. So, you know, tomorrow. The next day comes along and you're like, man, I really, really want, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But I didn't know so-and-so was going to stop by. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. I mean, there's a million things that keep trying to derail us from doing what we know is right. But it's so easy to go, eh, tomorrow. But he loves you. 
when we mess up, when we make mistakes, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He knows. I mean, this death cycle in this world from Adam and Eve, where the bad stuff just started to happen just from the fall. We don't want to speed up that process by knowingly doing more wrong to ourselves. And just like a good father, a good parent, it's like, don't do that. Not that direction. Go this way. Go this way. Go this way. Because if you don't, there's a mess out there. There's an enemy trying to destroy. But when those temptations do come, the good news is we have a way of escape. Can we say escape? Escape! Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, except which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape. Amen. That you'll be able to bear under that. It's, it's kind of like temptation's here ahead of you, and he keeps giving you these side roads to duck out of. It's like, here's a way of escape. Take it. And if you take the first off-ramp on that highway to wherever you're heading, that first off-ramp is so much easier to get back on track. But it's when you ignore that escape. Oh, I, know I, should, I know I shouldn't do this, but eh, I'm going to keep going. Here's another way of escape. Eh, I'm just going to keep going. Another way of escape. Oh, man, I'm getting into this thing deep. I don't even know if I could. And all of a sudden, you're in a bad spot, really bad spot. It would have been so much easier. I wish I could moonwalk. So much easier if you got off of that first escape. It would have been a whole lot easier. So look for those escapes because he will provide them. But we have to be ready for him. He's the good father. He's the good shepherd like I talked about last week. I mean, like I said last week about jumping in front of a train. I mean, he's like, no, don't. I mean, but there's consequences if you do. He's saying stay off the tracks because there's something down those tracks that's not good. Uncle that was dying, just tragic. Um, his body was just destroyed from lung cancer. Just and another family said, how could a good God do this to him? To me, those are fighting words. I wasn't there when this happened, but I heard about it. God didn't do that. God didn't do that. I mean, this person, I don't think you could have possibly smoked more as a human being than this person. And it took a toll of devastating lung cancer. I mean, it was... Something I'm sure God was like, please stop this pattern. This railroad track that you're standing on is not a good one. Please. But that was all the way through the very end of his days. Of course there's healing. Of course there's forgiveness. Of course there's all those things. But sometimes we stand on those railroad tracks and wonder, where was my way of escape? Look for it. Look for that way of escape. Maybe you've caused a problem. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I put somebody here. I put somebody in that recovery room through maybe your words, 
or your actions. There's forgiveness. Just go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I don't ever want to harm someone like that. I'm sorry. There's forgiveness. And tell the other person you're sorry, if you can, if they'll receive it. And then there's healing for them. But maybe it's by faith. Maybe you're in here because someone did it to you. You're the one that's trying to get up, but you can't because somebody did something to you. And I want you to really get a hold of this today. It was done to you. Don't own it. If someone's messed you up, done you wrong, whichever way possible, they did it to you. So shake off the grave clothes and say, God, I had no part in this. And this is the hard part. He says to forgive them. Oh, but wait, you don't know. You're right, I don't know. But what I've learned is sometimes you have to forgive by faith. You're like, God, hmm. <laughs> oh man, if I ever see them again, oh, no, I said I got to forgive them. Okay, I forgive them for what they did to me. But you know, to be honest, my heart doesn't feel real warm and fuzzy about it. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, I believe just being real with your Father in Heaven is okay. Saying, God, okay, I forgive them. I'm not putting myself in that position again but I forgive them. Now help my heart line up to what my spirit knows to do. Because my spirit down the inside knows I've got to forgive them. I've got to take that weight off. I can't carry that weight around because it's too much. It'll drag you down. It'll kick you in the teeth. Get rid of that weight and forgive them. And say, God, now help me. Help my heart to match what I've done in prayer. So for my own healing, for your own health, Job. I'm not going into teaching of Job today. But Job was a good man. I mean, he had some issues in his family and, and there's some things that happened to him that could have maybe been averted. I don't know. But the thing is, it really hit the fan for Job. And that's always such a beautiful analogy. I love that. The Lord restored to Job, though, because the people that were close to him, his family and his friends were awful. They were telling him, why don't you just curse God and just call it quits? Why don't you just cash it all in? Job wouldn't do it. He began to pray for them. He prayed for those that were just telling him, give up. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job in verse 10. And when he had prayed for his friends, the Lord gave Job how much? Twice as much as he had before. Then came all his brothers and sisters who had known him before, ate bread with us. They had a party. I mean, you go on, I mean, he had 14,000 sheep. He had twice as much as what he had before. He had 6,000 camels, all these oxen, yoke, I mean, uh, donkeys, all these, it just multiplied double. It said after this in verse 16, he lived to be 140 years old. He saw his sons and his son's sons, four generations. He died an old man full of days. Now, Job's friends were awful to him. He could have just been mean back to him. But I believe since he didn't, he really opened up that opportunity for God to bless him twice as much as what he had before. And I believe, especially when something's been done to you, God sees it. I think he wants to just 
bless you beyond measure. He wants to just really go above and beyond. Just like here and was received double for their trouble. Maybe you've heard before. But forgive even when it's hard. The last thing is the spirit realm. Maybe you've suffered a hit that feels like it's just been not something that's just natural in the physical body or not just something that was, you know, uh, a bad decision or something that, you know, was done to you or you just walked into that you feel like it was just something evil just really came at you. And that's one of the realms we live in. And, you know, it's so easy to foo-foo off in Western, uh, you know, modern culture. And it's like, oh, that's superstition. No, we know as believers there's good and evil. You talk to missionaries that minister in third world countries, and it's like people are really sensitive to like, oh, man, there's evil in that village. There's, you know, a man of God that lives over here, and you don't do this. That. I mean, it's just because we foo-foo all that kind of stuff off. Go, oh, that's, that's you know, we're more, we're more educated than that. No, we... We live in a spirit. We have a spirit, I mean. We live in a body. We have a spirit. But maybe that attack was spiritual. Maybe that depression, maybe that thing that's knocked you down started off just maybe as a sad moment, but then like a tidal wave of grief came in and it just sucked the life, the wind right out of you. It could be something evil trying to grab a hold of you, trying to take it to another level. Instead of being bummed out that you're like really having a tough time. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Can you just picture that? A big lion just prowling around, seeking who he may devour, looking to find a weak one. Seeking whom we made. I, I know Lion King comes out this week. I haven't seen it yet. But the big lion, Mufasa, or Scar in this case. Scar was the evil one, right? Seeking whom someone he could devour. Devil's a liar. He can't devour you. He can't devour you. No matter where you're at right now, he can't devour you. He's a liar. If he's tried to creep in there and try to whisper in your ear that, no, nah, it's over. Whether it be Look at the mess you caused or, or look what happened to you. or It's just it's all a lie. It's a lie. It's greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have victory in the Spirit. And today we're going to be claiming victory in the Spirit by the end of this message. Whether you see it in your natural body or not, we're going to claim victory today. And it says in uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, the weapons of our warfare... I'm going to read it first out of how I memorized that King James. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We have to take our thoughts and take them captive and say, I'm going to make my thoughts obedient to what God wants me to think about. In New Living Translation says, we use God's mighty weapons not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps us from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So maybe you've had something that's come at you. Maybe you've seen something come at your grandparents or your, your parents, and it seems to be a trend in your family. I mean, there's a scripture that talks about 
A spirit, if it's cast out of a house, it tries to find seven worse that were seven more that were worse than the first and try to come back. And if you look at some of how this was translated, you can look at house as being like bloodline of your generations, of your families. And it's it's something that you gotta stand in the gap for. I meet my my parents and my wife's parents really struggled in some areas. And one area was was uh, alcoholism. It was, it was strong. And it was really destroying their life at one point. And they had to stand in the gap and say, no more. We're going to do this different. I mean, there's things that we had to stand in the gap and say, you know what, kids? This is something that's really strong in our family. We're going to stand in the gap. And I'll talk about that scripture here in a second. We're going to stand in the gap and say, no more here. But it'll try to come at you later. Because these spirits don't die. They're going to try to revisit down this generational, down through bloodlines, go, what about, you know, mom and dad stopped it here, but what about here? It's just like if you had someone that was out to get you down the street, you would let your family know, hey, two houses down, man, they hate us. <laughs> Don't ride your bike over there. But that's how it is in the spirit. There's some things that maybe your family has a tendency, whether it be addiction, whether it be adultery or whether it be poverty or whatever it be, any of these things that you have a propensity to kind of lean towards, I believe there can be a spiritual nature behind that driving that way. And the cool thing is, you can be the restorer of that breach. Isaiah 58 says, those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations and you should be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. So maybe you don't want to fight this fight or whatever it is for you. Maybe you're here and you just don't know how to get out. Do it for your next generation. Do it for your kids. You don't want to see your kids in the same bed you're in. You don't want to see your grandkids struggling with the same things you struggled with. Stop it here and say, no more. Not in my house. There's going to be victory in this family. Victory now and victory to come. And stand. The recovery room could be a rough place. I mean, we all need help. Maybe you just need some counseling. Maybe it's something in here you just need somebody to help you along the way. Maybe you just need to go out and just punch dance it out. I mean, just get, just get out and just scream it out. Maybe you just need to let some things go. Or maybe you just need to worship and say, God, I, I trust you with this. No matter what it is. And maybe in that recovery process, there's some things you need to stay away from that are just too painful. I mean, when we lost our, our son Corbin, we talked about last week, baby dedications were hard after that. We missed a couple cycles of them because it was like being back, it, to me it felt like being back almost like in that place of, of loss. So maybe you've gone through some losses. Maybe there's some things that are just too overwhelming for you. In the recovery process, no one should be able to judge you. Like, hey, I, I just, I need, to, I need to heal up. I mean, you don't need to get real deep about it. Just say, yeah, I, I'm busy, I, not, not today. But we're under the care of the great physician. If a doctor gives you advice, you're gonna follow it. You're gonna do it, hopefully, because they know way more than you do. And today, I believe, in these three realms, we do all. Do all. And get our thought life right. Whatever you're meditating on, begin to dream again. That's where the enemy tries to hit us, where we can't hope. You ever felt hopeless? Especially here, hopeless. Begin to have hope again. You might go for a ride. Begin to have hope again. Begin to make your mind think about good things. There's a scripture I want to talk about. One last one in Philippians. 
chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Think on these things. Think on these things that are good. We've got to retrain our brain. It's like a muscle. It's like a rut. I mean, if it keeps thinking negative, 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 we have to get out of that trench and begin to think positive, positive, positive. So no matter where you're at today, I want you to think about, maybe you're sitting good. You're like, hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm not in a bad place. Stand in the gap for someone you know that is. Or be thankful for something he took you out of. Because on the count of three, here in a minute, I want you to stand up and shout, I am free. I want you to think about what you're in recovery with or for. Because we all know if you stay here too long, what happens? You can get a lot of atrophy. You don't have to function anymore. Bed sores, ah. <laughs> or the other thing, sinister, more bills. Because <laughs> the longer you stay here, the harder it is to get up. That's why they want to get you moving after a procedure. They want to get you moving as soon as it's safe to get you moving. So in that moment right now, I want you to think about that thing. And here in a second, we're going to proclaim victory over that in the spirit. Maybe your body still needs to catch up to it. Maybe your emotions, your mind, your will, and your emotions need to catch up to that in your soulless realm. But spiritually, we're going to proclaim victory right now. So do you have that thing in your mind that you need victory over? We're going to stand up and shout, I am free. On three, we're going to stand up. Ready? One, two, three. Stand up. I am free. Free from whatever that is. Free from that sickness. Free from that depression. Free from that addiction. Free from whatever's trying to just eat you alive. God, we proclaim we are free from those things today. And right now, if someone doesn't know you in a personal way, and you don't remember a time in your life where you've asked Jesus into your heart, pray and invite him right now. Just pray and repeat the simple prayer after me right now. Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus. I know that you died because of my mistakes. Forgive me. I ask Jesus into my heart and into my life. Make me a brand new person and help me to turn from those old ways. Today I have victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, please, we want to, yes, there's a party in heaven for you. But Jason and Brittany, they want to help walk you down this path of being a new believer. Please text heaven to 41411. Text heaven 41 to 411, and they can help partner with you on this new journey. You're all, uh, you're all awesome, but please stay cool. <laughs> Don't overheat this week. Have a great day.